On this week's episode, CES meets the home arcade. Can 1917 reach the top of the box office? And is it time to train more Pokemon? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He is just Josh today of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out everything that he's doing today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. His show, Topic Ocalypse, that he does everywhere you can get your podcasts. And of course, his awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get everywhere you get your books. It is my good friend, Just Josh, Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Just Josh, just uh, trying to hang in there before the night's over, you know, hitting my bedtime here. I know, but stay up just a little bit longer because we got a lot of great things to talk about at this time around on the PCC Multiverse. It was CES week, my friend. A lot of things to see and do. Just it, it gets bigger and better every single year. It almost brought a tear to my eye when I saw so much devoted to gaming. And I've told you before the stories about how I used to go in the past, and there was enough devotion to gaming to maybe encircle a small dinner table as far as the number of booths per se back in the past, because CES has at times completely ignored the gaming marketplace. Well, times have changed, and it's come down to the point where you go to the South Hall, and a great portion of it, in fact, right there as you enter the South Hall, hits you right in the head with a number of gaming-related companies, people that are interested in retro, VR, whole plethora of different companies out there pitching their wares in the gaming marketplace, and it was just beautiful to see after so many years of being pushed to the side, pushed to the back, you know what, in this great marketplace that was out there at CES, both at the Las Vegas Convention Center and the Sands, it was nice to see gaming take a, a big step forward in the eyes of consumer electronics. And there was so much to see out there. Of course, we're always a step behind as regular consumers because what they show off there, in a lot of occasions, you won't see until later this year or maybe next year or the year after. I mean, they're already up to 8K. It's a standard pretty much all the way around with everything that they were showing off there as far as from a video format. So we're, we're just barely getting into 4K here. And when it comes to what you're seeing as far as on the audio end, everything's Bluetooth, everything's wireless, everything's 5.0. And you'll be hearing a lot of those interviews coming up here over the next few weeks because I got a number of interviews at CES this week that I'm going to go ahead and play on our upcoming shows in fact, I've got not one, not two, but three scheduled today on the home arcade market. I've got my arcade, arcade one up, and also arcade joining us later in the program. So a lot of great interviews that are coming up here very shortly. Looking forward to sharing that with our audience out there. 
But it was a great time at CES. Very crowded, of course, but overall, it was a great experience at the, the Consumer Electronics Show, and I'm looking forward to next year, my friend. Nice, man. Was there okay? So you're talking about video games there. I heard that they only unveiled like a PlayStation Five logo. There wasn't really anything announced about it. That was the hot rumor going in. I heard that nonstop both Sunday, Monday, when I was with Jamie Monroy at PEPCOM, which was a pre-show event. Even on the bus going for day one at CES. Oh, they're going to show the PlayStation 5 at the Sony booth. Oh, they're going to show the PlayStation 5. Oh, they're going to show PlayStation 5. No, they didn't. All they did was, you know, during the Sony press conference that happened in regards to all of their consumer electronics, they only showed off the logo, which had the internet buzzing. And I don't even know why it had the internet buzzing in one way or the other, whether it's a good logo or not. It just says PS5, so really no big deal to me. Didn't give us any specs, any designs, any prices, or anything of that nature. That, I think, is coming up later in the year, of course, either in their own event or E3. So I'm looking forward to when that finally happens to see how it matches up against the Xbox Series X. But overall, it was a very positive experience at the Consumer Electronics Show. And I highly encourage people out there to listen to my upcoming interviews, not only in today's show, but our upcoming shows in the weeks to come on Mondays for the Pop Culture Cosmos and every Friday on the PC Multiverse. So it was a great time indeed, my friend. I I can't wait to go back for next year. But before we head into my first interview with My Arcade, I want to ask you this, my friend. Did you catch wind of the latest news with Marvel? And that is Doctor Strange 2, maybe in a little bit of jeopardy as far as when it comes to shooting here in this coming May, when it, you know, because it's going to be released May in 2021. And that is the director, Scott Derrickson, has left the project due to creative differences. The good old-fashioned, quote-unquote, creative differences. So I ask you, my friend, there's some creative differences there between him and Disney that caused his leaving. What do you think those creative differences might have been? It makes you wonder, like, how much control is Disney putting over their directors, right? Because Marvel used to be the place to go for indie directors who want to put their vision into a superhero movie. So what exactly, I, yeah, what could it have been that made Scott Derrickson walk away? Same thing, what, what was it that made the original Ant-Man director walk away? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah. Is it, so this is, this is new, right? This is fresh. So what, what is it? Are there new rules being applied to the new round of Disney movies? Are they kind of becoming more like Star Wars films where they're more regulated and things are designed to sell things instead of actually, you know, be good story-wise and they're not going to take chances anymore? Or is this just, was his vision so far out there that it was just time to let him go? You know what? Actually, this leads me into a question I have for you. Back at Comic-Con, when they announced their full slate for the next couple years, Marvel indicated, well, actually, Scott himself indicated that he was going to take this movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, love the name, by the way, and take it into a new direction and say that was going to be, and he actually stated, quote unquote, that it was going to be Marvel's first horror movie in the MCU. Could that have been an issue with Disney? And could that have been something that might have been the deal breaker or where the creative differences might have lied? Could Scott Derrickson's vision of what Doctor Strange 2 he wanted could have been different as far as maybe pushing the envelope too far on that horror aspect, maybe pushing it into an R when, you know, obviously it being a marquee movie where it's going to be sitting at in May of 2021, it has to be more of a PG-13 movie. 
Well, I don't think Doctor Strange is the right property to turn into a horror film, but you know that's a good point. Like it, it does make you think, especially considering all the reshoots that happened with New Mutants right after the sale went through with Disney. New Mutants was allegedly a horror movie, but now, from what I'm understanding, it's it's intense, but it's less of a horror movie than it started out as, from what I understand from the actors and the the director and things like that. So, you know, maybe it's just Disney trying to keep Marvel in like the family friendly area because it's kind of a risky move too. Don't get me wrong, I don't like corporate control over things, and I know especially when it comes to to bigger movie properties, these studios are a little more strict with that, but. I also don't think it's a great move to have a movie that started out as PG-13, Doctor Strange, because kids do like that. You know, kids, uh, that was it was a good movie. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And it would be kind of weird to see that turn into a horror film so that kids can't enjoy it after enjoying the first one. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like if they wanted to take a chance and make a horror, something more in the horror genre, I don't think Doctor Strange is the right property to do that with. Like, they need to have something new, something that's not already connected to a younger audience. Maybe Blade might fill that bill. Yeah, well, that's what we're hoping, right? Because that's the only version of Blade people really want to see. I don't think anyone really wants a comedic version of Blade, unless it's like the, you know, the arcs where he and Spider-Man fought each other on accident as they were both trying to chase after Morbius. But I want to say that it wouldn't be a good move if... You know, the movie itself, Doctor Strange 2, pushed the limits to where it would be deemed an R because that's the high-profile movie right there of 2021. Okay, maybe you could say Thor, Love, and Thunder as well, but when you're in the May slot, that's your big money deal for Disney. That That's the biggest release of the year, the biggest release window time of the year for them is that first week of May, last week of April type deal. And to have something like that be at risk of not being able to have families go and see that type of movie, that would be a lot of dollars that would probably be not in the best interest of Disney losing. So I agree with you, my friend. There is a big risk there, and those creative differences might have come about because of it, because Scott Derrickson wanted to go ahead and push the envelope, and maybe Disney wasn't willing to let that envelope go too far. Yeah. And again, like I'm not a huge fan of corporate control, but I, I get it in this instance. You know, it's not this isn't like a Josh Trank in Fantastic Four situation. This is like a property that is connected to families and, you know, maybe making it not so family friendly is not the best idea. No, not at all. And I think right now it still stands in limbo as far as what the future holds for Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. But I will tell you this, my friend, it's still on track for a May release of 2021, which means it has to start shooting right around, well, May of this year. So they still have plenty of time to find a director, still about three, four months left to go before you go ahead and and start shooting and whatnot. But I believe that they're going to go ahead and find somebody that might fit the bill well enough. The only thing is it's still a high-profile film sitting in that May slot, so you better make sure it's someone that's going to fit the bill right and present Doctor Strange. Like you said, Doctor Strange was presented in a different format from the other MCU movies because of all the mind-bending effects and all that that we saw in the first film. So if you want to go ahead and follow in that same movie's footsteps, you're going to have to go ahead and have a director that's going to go ahead and see that vision for what it's worth. So I'm hoping that things will come about and a director will be hired 
that will go ahead and see the vision all the way through and provide us fans in a marquee spot for Disney, a movie we're seeing in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What are your thoughts out there on the upcoming Doctor Strange 2 and the movie losing its director over creative differences with Disney? Are you surprised? Are you concerned that this movie now will end up being a very big problem for Disney and Marvel down the road? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up right after the break, it's the folks from My Arcade in our first interview airing from this week's CES. They're coming on the show to talk about all the great things that are going on, including their Street Fighter 2 and Contra microplayers. A lot of good things coming up for them and My Arcade, and I talk to them right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Everyone, no matter how big a geek you are, has movies that they haven't seen that have other geeks saying, how have you never seen this movie? Well, we're here to help. At the Now You've Seen It podcast, we help you fill those gaps in your geek cred one movie at a time. Each episode, a guest who is watching the movie for the first time joins our rotating cast of hosts and panelists to discuss the movie and compare seeing it through fresh eyes versus seeing it with eyes filtered through the lens of nostalgia. You can find Now You've Seen It on Facebook at facebook.com slash now you've seen it, no apostrophe, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back once again right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is CES 2020. It is Gerald Glassford right here for you. And I'm here with the lovely Myla Bastian. Yep. All right. I'm good with names. Two for two. All right. Pepcom, I was on a roll. So I'm good, good, good so far with names. We're here at the My Arcade booth right here at CES 2020. And I tell you what, the lineup is more impressive each and every year I come out. Last year I was talking to Eric Hernandez right here. He actually was very gracious in showing me exactly what's going on. And it looks even better than it is before. So hear from you, Myla, exactly what's going on that's new, that's important, that you want to go ahead and get out to our consumer base when it comes to what's on the way with My Arcade. Sure. So for those of you who don't know My Arcade, we are a retro gaming company. Um, we have hardware in different um, form factors. We do pocket players, micro players, mini players. All of our products for those are licensed from developers. The new things that we have our Street Fighter, that's a new title for us, and that's our new partnership this year that's really big with Capcom. As you know, the Street Fighter franchise is huge, so we actually did a micro-player for Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. And then also we have a Contra micro-player and pocket player, and the Contra pocket player has two games, Contra and Super Contra. And then we also have a Space Invaders micro-player. So Contra and Space Invaders are with Konami, and we're really excited about that. And the three of those titles together actually launch our premium micro players. So these micro players are the same form factor or size rather of our current micro players, except they're enhanced. And each enhancement is unique and different in a way that lends itself to the title. So 
the size and shape of the microplayer itself might be different. In our Space Invaders game, we have a reflectomatic technology that's a nod to that reflective mirror that they used when the game was first released. So it kind of feels like a real scaled down, um, about one-tenth scale replica of the game. So people who love just that old school nostalgic feel, they're really going to enjoy that reflectomatic technology that we're putting in there. And then for Contra and for Street Fighter, we have a new technology called CoVS, Cooperative Versus. So for games that are cooperative, like Contra, when you're playing with someone, CoVS is great. You can link the two of them together using a cable and you're playing each of you on your device with a friend, kind of powering through the mission together. And for Street Fighter, same thing, you link them together and now you're playing against your friend and you have you each have your own device. The buttons on the Street Fighter 2 are also unique, so they have mechanical switches, which is unique in our micro player, and it gives you that real that real feel, the clickiness, they're larger. So it's really cool. These are collectible items, but they're also really cool, and each one has like a nod to the original title itself. Uh, I'll tell you what, and as I said before we went on the air, retro and nostalgia is at an all-time high and my arcade is a leader in that industry. I, you, I was saying, you go to any major retailer, my arcade is there. I mean, uh, just covering the, the landscapes, the retail aisles and whatnot, I just see row after row of game after game, just had so much fun and time that I've played my my arcade machine. I, I love my Galica still, even to this day, I have it right on my desk and every time I record, it's still right there, right next to me as I record. But I wanted to ask real quick, Myla, when it comes to the types of titles that you're talking about, because of course it is very important to go ahead and match up when you're playing Street Fighter one-on-one. -on -one. You gotta play against somebody else. It's not as fun when you're just playing right there just by yourself. So obviously having that link up is necessary. When these games come out, that and Contra, uh, what do you expect the type of, you know, just the type of interest in it? Because these two are very popular titles from, from the 80s and then going into the early 90s and whatnot that people still remember fondly. So I think that it just, you know, I just want to hear your thoughts on exactly what type of uh, interest you think you're going to get from the consumer base. So I think we have two consumers for both of these. These are your nostalgic consumers who remember the titles and you also have your newer people, your younger millennials or even Gen Zers who they weren't there to experience it or they weren't old enough to experience it but they just have an interest in those nostalgic titles that launched this gaming industry as we know it. So I think the interest will be different from each person but definitely the thought of having also uh, what I didn't mention earlier is that these games have the original arcade version on it as well. So those people who just really love that experience or want to know what was it like to be you know, young and popping in the 80s, for example, and hang out at arcades can get that feel. And I'm telling you, for people my age, for, <laughs> it, it is something that we, we want. It's something that we want is the, the actual mode from what we remember, lining up the quarters for the next game, I've got next, things of that nature. We want that feel, and if you're able to bring that out in a My Arcade unit, that would be just sensational. Sure, and we do have some nods to those old school kind of things you remember, like the coin. Ours is a coin button. We did kick around the idea of inserting coins and stuff like that, but we're also interested in keeping the cost down for the consumer as well. So the coin button is a nod to that insert a coin kind of thing. Um, you incorporate that, in fact, with my Galaga, you incorporate that as your on-off button. Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. It's yeah, a, so it. it looks it looks exactly like it. The buttons to push and the and the coin and everything and sad. So we're expected people we're expecting people to be excited to go ahead and try these out. 
Well, I'll tell you what, I'm very looking forward to it. And before we get back to you on as far as the info is concerned on when these might be available or also where can they get more information, uh, price point, things of that nature, I just want to ask Eric real quick, uh, who I spoke to last year uh, at My Arcade right here, uh, your thoughts on where My Arcade has gone and what it's come from. Because, you know, even from last year, it's grown by such leaps and bounds. Yeah, I mean, when I think back, and there was a time four or five years ago, we didn't have any licenses. And to, to go from that to where we're at now, and we, we have licenses or partnerships with some of the biggest developers in the industry, um, Capcom, Konami, Bandai Namco, uh, Data East, and, and others, but just some of the biggest heavy hitters um, from that era. So as you as you've seen each year we sort of have another partnership so it's it's really exciting and i'm really proud of the company and proud to be part of it um and i mean sky's the limit for us so well exactly as long as this trend continues towards nostalgia and retro it's going to keep going on and also see the 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 multi-game players that you have here i mean the lineup is truly outstanding it's it's even much better than i saw last year so i'm very impressed by it one last thing i did want to ask you uh, outside of the fact that I'm always envious that you're you're from Torrance, which is where I grew up for many years. Uh, I actually went to high school at South Torrance. I think I mentioned that to you last year. But uh, outside of that, where people can go find out more about the games that are coming that you mentioned, and also as well what you have in stock and at retailers. They can also go to those retailers, but they might not have everything. Where can they go to find out about every single title, every single game that you have in stock? Sure, so you can visit us on our website at MyArcadeGaming.com and then also check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at MyArcadeRetro. Very impressive indeed. And then they were mentioning, uh, you know, the, the they were on the way as far as the Contra and the Street Fighter. Is there a time window? I, I forgot what the time window was. Yeah, sure. So for Contra, we're planning to come out spring of this year. Okay. And then Street Fighter should be later in the year, probably June um, or maybe even like beginning of fall. Yeah, sometime hopefully before the holiday season because oh, that's of course. yeah because yeah. that's when everybody you know with all these retailers you know, that's the time of the year it, it you know the nostalgia comes up get dad get grandpa thank goodness I'm not grandpa yet but thank get dad that type of product for the Christmas holiday season I know it goes over really really well and yeah nothing would be better than finding a my arcade product right under the tree. Yeah, of course. Also, not just dad or grandpa, but you could get it for the little ones too, the younger ones. Oh, just kind of that's the thing. Like, well, they'll eat it up and they'll take it away. But the thing is, you, you'll want to go ahead and you punish your kids so you can go ahead and have it all yourself. <laughs> exactly. Go to your room. Go to your room. Go to your room and play your smartphone. All right? That's okay. Yeah. Rack or, up the transactions. Rack up the microtransactions. That's okay. I'm going to play with yeah. my my arcade. Or get two and get a cable and that way you can, you know... Show them, show them who's boss. There you go, there you go, <laughs> very nice indeed. Well, once again, I want to thank you, Myla, and also as well, Eric, I appreciate your time in talking to me today. Uh, again, always a pleasure to come to the My Arcade booth, and if everybody has any more questions, please stop by the My Arcade gaming site that you have out there. There's so much to detail. Yes, they're at you know, all the major retailers, but if you really want the info of where to go, what's it going to be like for the future for My Arcade, just check out myarcadegaming.com. Eric, Myla, I want to thank you both for taking the time to speak to me today. And enjoy Torrance. I'll tell you what, I, I miss it, but I'll tell you what, it's just so great to have you here. Thank you so much for being part of the pop culture cosmos. We are back once again with the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald coming right back at you. And I want to thank the folks from My Arcade for stopping by and letting me interview them at CES 2020. 
Before we get to our interview with Arcade One Up, my friend, the Pokemon Direct happened this week. A lot of good news for Pokemon fans. Is it time to shine up your Pokemons and get them trained because more Pokemons could be on the way? You know, this is weird. So I, we just recorded our, um, you know, we did a little games that we played in 2019 podcast on Topic Apocalypse the other night. And, uh, you know, Brian Wegner from Super BS came by and we we're chatting about Pokemon. And like he did not like, like he liked Sword for like the first three hours he played it. I kind of have been forcing myself through it. And, uh, you know, I have all the badges. I just haven't done the the Pokemon League thing. I love the novelty of playing it on the Switch, but I'm not as into it because it doesn't really have... All it is 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 gyms. You go to, from one gym to the next, catch Pokemon, do the Pokemon League. And, you know, where, like, Red and Blue came out and you could do... Uh, there's side quest stuff, right? You had Team Rocket and that, that little side story. So I just... I feel like this Pokemon is lacking, so... When I heard that they're releasing the expansion for Sword, it's called like the Isle of Armor. The other one's called the Crown Tundra. I was kind of excited to see like what else happened, you know, what else they're adding into it. But it sounds like it's just new areas that are opening up if I'm reading the news correctly. But still, that's a big win for Pokemon players. I mean, they're always looking for new places to go on. Yes, DLC, it is basically glorified DLC for, for Pokemon owners out there, but you know what, with the success of Pokemon, you can't fault Nintendo for going ahead and just feeding you a little bit more and a little bit more at a time. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not opposed to buying it, to going back to it. I guess it depends on how much it costs, too, because, like, the game itself costs $60, so if you're charging $20 just to go explore a new patch of grass, it's probably not going to be worth it to me. So, like, it depends. If it's at a $10 price point, it could be something I'm interested in. Like, this is the first ever expansion for a Pokemon game, though, so I would hope that it would be something worthy of playing as opposed to just, like, a couple new dungeons or something. What do you think it's going to be? I think they're going to go ahead and do something very well with it. I, I, I think they're going to go ahead and make it a large enough deal where it will be worth the Pokemon players' time and money because they're such an ardent fan base. Pokemon players are and I, I don't think they would go ahead and mess this up at least the first time around I liken it to what Oblivion did for the most part outside of horse armor Elder Scrolls for Oblivion where they not only created one but two major expansions that really enhanced the game for years to come for a lot of people Knights of the Nine and Shivering Isles to this day are some of the best DLCs ever created for a game period while I don't see that type of expansion for Pokemon to that extent I still see something very much worthwhile, whether it's you know allowing you to go ahead and do something different with your Pokemon or just the variety or something else that they're going to throw in there. Or just, like you said, a large, new, vast area to explore. Well, hopefully it's not just grass, like you said, but a large area to explore that will make it worthwhile for people to go ahead and invest in. I mean, to me, I think they're not going to go ahead and at least the first time around screw it up. Successive DLC, uh, that I'm not so sure about. But when it comes to the first time around, I don't think Nintendo's going to make a mistake on this first time that they're going to go ahead and do a DLC for Pokemon. I hope not. I mean, if again, like I, I want a reason to like this game because at the moment I don't. It's just something I'm kind of forcing myself through because, as we all know, I have story OCD and I have to finish things that I start. We'll get you the help you need someday. Yeah, if you guys know like a hotline or something, just send us a phone number. I'd be more than happy to talk to them. But yeah, I want to like Pokemon, so I'm really hoping that like this is something that is good. But I do know something that was announced that did get your attention, and that is Pokemon Home. 
that is coming next month. And that's going to be something where it's the ability to go ahead and trade any Pokemon from your mobile device. So I want to ask you, is this something that I think piqued your interest? I really think it did. Here's where I stand on that. Like, I, I think it's a cool thing. You know, am I going to use it? Maybe not. You know, it's a, the Pokemon. It, I, I love the idea of like a cloud server for your Pokemon. I know with Pokemon Sword and Shield, they kind of blocked off. Uh, you know, if you're paying for that service before, you couldn't use it for this game. So I don't know. Like, I don't play it enough, you know, and I don't like this one enough to truly like be stoked about it. But again, you know, if the expansions are good and it really hooks me back into it, it could be something I'm interested in. I like the idea of it. My big concern would be if I were to invest in something like this, would it, how long is it going to be something that's versatile across every game? Uh, I guess that would be the most important thing to me. That's true. It's got to be somewhat versatile as far as what Pokemon you can trade and, and back and forth and whatnot and, and how you're able to access it off your mobile device. And that's going to be key as far as how the app integrates itself with Pokemon Home. But we're going to find out more answers to that question when it comes to Pokemon Home when it comes out in February. So a lot of people, especially a lot of individuals out there who have Pokemon that they're just cannot wait to go ahead and start trading and start utilizing that Pokemon Home service. I think they've also done a very good job as far as what they brought into this current generation. And I'm excited to see where they're going with all the stuff that they've talked about at this week's Pokemon Direct and what they've got going on in the future for Pokemon players. What are your thoughts out there on the latest Pokemon Direct, aka Nintendo Direct, focusing on Pokemon with the new DLC and Pokemon Home? Share us your thoughts with us today. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up right after the break, we've got a great interview from the floor once again of CES 2020. It's Arcade 1UP, and David McIntosh took a few moments of time. He's a very busy man when he was on that floor. They had a lot of great things that they just announced, including a four-player Wi-Fi-enabled NBA Jam. That was big news there, including they had a a huge NBA jam that you go ahead and play there. That was just truly awesome to go ahead and experience. Plus you also had a lot of other things that they mentioned, including a new burger time exclusive cabinet to their website, a four player golden ax machine, sit down version of star Wars. They had virtual pinball that they announced micro players and so much more. Got my interview right off the break with David McIntosh from arcade one up. He's going to go ahead and talk about what's going on with the company and the future and we also reflect a little bit on its recent past with the company as well. This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Okay, we're back at CES 2020. We're here at the Arcade 1UP booth. And I'll tell you what, it gets more impressive than even what I saw last year right here at CES 2020. I'm here with David McIntosh. He's gonna tell me about all the great things that was just announced for CES. So looking forward to hearing all the great things because I know there was a lot of great titles 
and even some pinball action on the way with the help of some good friends of mine from way back at E3, Zen Studios. Before we go into that, I know there's a lot of great things you want to talk about overall. The company, as far as from what I've seen, just over the course of the past year and a half, has really just grown by leaps and bounds. I mean, the major retailers that you're now attached with has just grown exponentially. Uh, I remember last year, everybody was so excited when you were on the, the front face of a, of a major retailer's Black Friday page. Now you were all over when it came to holiday season. It was just you couldn't avoid it. Just a lot of great titles. I know it's been a successful year for you, but what do you have planned ahead for consumers out there? All right, so as you mentioned, the, the brand itself, Arcade Went Up, has grown to new heights. We launched 2018, sold through our retail, sold out at retail, hundreds of thousands of units in our launching year. So we took the success that we had in 2018 and 2019, and at 2020 here at CES, we're showing off not only new titles, but new form factors, new product lines, and various, various new selections. So right in front of us here, we have the NBA Jam. I'll start with that. We actually got a bit into the game development side of things. We developed NBA Jam for the first time ever to be online compatible. So you can jump in your friend's game who lives down the block or your cousin who lives in two states over. It's truly gonna be uh, online. So we're pretty much taking a retro video game and applying new technology to it and trying to innovate in that way. Um, in addition to NBA Jam, we have our digital pinball, as you mentioned, with the blockbuster IP of Star Wars. Uh, that's one of our big ones. We have Bali Midway as well, who's going to be coming in and supporting us with Attack from Mars, various new titles on that. Each pinball machine is going to have about 10 different games on it. They have haptic feedback, so even though they're digital, virtual pinball machines, it feels like you're playing on a real one. Especially if you're like pushing, to, you know, on the border of tilting, things of that nature. Exactly. So we're actually trying to include an accelerometer, so it, it, it detects nudges and. and uh, shakes and stuff to try and uh, have that feature as well. Well, before we go, let me ask you this. Zen Studios, as I said, I've, I've met them at E3 several years ago. They're great people. Yep. Obviously, they've had the very successful FX Pinball series. What drew to you as far as this concept about working with them on this project? So when we did our research in the, the pinball space, Zen is just the top, right? So they own all the best. Uh, they develop the best games. Uh, and they work with big, big partners from Disney to Bali Midway. And, and so instead of recreating the wheel, we just decided to shake hands, meet in the middle, and uh, partner with them. And we get access to their library, they get access to our product, and it's a win-win for both of us. So it was a no-brainer for us truly to work with them in this uh, partnership. And not only do we get their support um, from, uh, you know, PR and marketing side of things, but also just from a product development. They have the experience in the pinball space. that You can't buy that knowledge, right? So having them work in the product development cycle and the game development cycle, it's truly just been uh, the foundation to what's going to be a blockbuster hit for us. Uh, I'll tell you what, it looks great. I got a chance to take some pictures earlier. I'm very impressed. Uh, you know, I know that's going to be something that you're really keying in on for the consumers out there. Any type of ETA for that for the consumers? That should be out. I, I don't want to overpromise here, but it will likely be out before holiday of 2020. So uh, you'll be able to get it before Christmas. I would imagine that's the goal for, you know, obviously any retailer because that is the time of the year. Nostalgia really kicks in. Uh, you know, I don't know if for the kids, but for dad, for granddad, for grandma, for mom, for anybody who lived through that type of era on the pinball machines. And plus, like you said, it's just a great eye-catching thing for the kids to get into as well. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really goes through all the generations. Like Star Wars, we have some newer games developed, and then some of the retro games and the pinball table itself is just eye-catching you get cut scenes animations and stuff it's for me it's I love the Star Wars franchise so it's it's, it's a truly uh, 
immersive experience. Absolutely. And uh, no mention on price points, or is there a target goal that you want to try and keep yeah, under? Yeah, there's no way it's going to be cheaper than 400, and I don't see it getting more expensive than 650. So it's going to be within that price point of you know four to six hundred dollars. Um, but we haven't confirmed that yet, and it still depends on retailer pickup. You know. We'll make it launch this year, whether it's through retailers or through ourselves. So we'll make sure it sees the light of day in 2020 that we just don't know what the price point is. And that's understandable. I mean, this, your, your success of your um, units last year, in fact, myself with Final Fight, who has one, it's, it's because of the fact that it is based at a certain price point and it's, a, it's approachable to a larger consumer base because of it, but still providing a lot of entertainment value for the buck. Uh, you know, with people with not only nostalgia, but also as well, getting that new audience into arcade games as well. 100%, yeah. The price point is the sweet spot for us, right? Like behind us, we have a, a booth where they're using full-scale arcade machines to demo their products, which is great because it gives us perspective. You can spend three to $5,000 on that, or you can spend three to $500 on this. Similar experience, similar size, scale, form factor, etc at a fraction of the price, and it makes it readily available for consumers who can't fork up three to $5,000 for I can't, I, I mean, personally, I can't afford that, but I have two of these myself. You know? uh, I, I'm in somewhat of the same boat myself, but obviously seeing NBA Jam and the capabilities have is very impressive. You also mentioned other units like Burger Time. That's, right. that's exclusive to the Arcade 1UP uh, site as well? Yeah, that's right. So that was one of those projects where, where, you know how I just mentioned with Pinball, if we don't get retail pickup or something along those lines, we'll just bring it in ourselves. So in, in the case of Burger Time, our community keeps asking for it, but I, and I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus, but we just haven't gotten the retail pickup to, to bring it to the consumer. So we decided we'll make the investment, we'll take the risk, and we'll sell it directly to consumers on our website, meaning we'll hold the inventory, we'll make them before selling them, and so Burger Time right now is a pre-order available right now at CES, $3.99. Uh, if you order before January 31st, it ships before March 1st, and it's a one of 3,000. Only 3,000 are being made. You get a letter of authenticity, and it's truly a collector's piece as well. It, it looks very impressive, and you're right. I'm on some of those Facebook groups. I see the actual individuals, yeah. the ones that, that drive it as far as the moderators, but also the consumer base that ask for it. They take the pictures. They say, hey, Arcade One Up, you can do this? Please, and I see that all the time. Or you know what to do. Exactly, you know what to do, exactly. Uh, I see the WWF machines, I see the Burger Time, I see the Contras, I see, the, you can list the names just down the road. You, you know you know what to do, Arcade 1UP. I see that, and I also see, when I'm here at this booth, is the Pac-Man, I was told it's the 40th anniversary version. That's Tell me right. a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we worked really closely with our partner, Bandai, and they came to us and said, we want to do something special for the 40th anniversary. Here are the games we think should be included. Here's the form factor. Like, let's make something happen. And so we pretty much took the success of Pac-Man and Galaga, merged them together. So this game has both Pac-Man and Galaga in it, has a new form factor, and uh, it has a light-up marquee. It has a matching riser, and it's very, very, like, it's... It, it, the selection of games met with the quality of the design is truly one of our best pieces yet. And I see that, and that's the one thing I wanted to ask, is because when you go with one of the, the selected pieces, you get a higher, I don't want to say a higher quality, but a, a better look, you know, like you said, with more appropriate stands, uh, obviously lighted marquees, which is a big, big thing to the community from what I'm seeing as well. A hundred percent. We found out when we launched that, you know, more than 60% of our consumers want a riser. So we started bundling them together at Costco and other retailers to, you know, reduce some of the pricing. And we also 
found out that our consumers were modding their machines. You're in the fan pages, so you see that what they're doing. They're 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 putting in their own marquees. They're putting on their own artwork. So then we started branding the the risers. We started giving them license or approved artwork, so they didn't have to do it themselves on the black market. We started adding the the approved marquees ourselves, so they come with a warranty. And again, you don't have to go through the black market. Um, and then they're pretty much pre-built, so you know there's really low effort on our end. Couple last things I want to ask you. One is. You've seen this company grow from, from where it was, like I said, a little over a year and a half ago. And when it was just a start, I'm like, what's this Arcade 1-Up and all that? And you see where it is now. Uh, I mean, I've seen you at E3. I've seen you here at CES now for two years. Tell me what it's like as far as the feeling is concerned from the, and the response that you've heard and gotten from your fan base as well to make this happen. Well, you know, first and foremost, thank you, because I know you, you supported us, you, you have a final fight, and so do our fans and everything, so the biggest thing we realize is that the community has driven our business, the fan community, our, our supporters who tell us which cabinets to make, which cabinets they buy to show us which titles will be successful, which form factors they support. So the biggest thing we learned was that it's a community-driven company, truly. Um, you know, to go from a startup in 2018 to sell out of major retailers, that's not common. You know, not a lot of startups see that success. So for us, there's a, there are some growing pains along the way. But it's, it's humbling to know that there's, you have this idea, you take a bet on it, and then it, it, it blows into what it is. So we want to make sure we grow at a pace that we can keep up with, as well as being able to continue to satisfy the demand by our consumers. Fair enough, indeed. And then one last question. How satisfying is it for you to see all those pictures of all those individuals out there that have all those home arcades with the four, five, six, eight units that are already in their homes and they're looking to get more. You know, it, it, it feels great because the whole thing of Arcade One Up, you see our logo right there, says at home arcade. We're trying to give you that at home arcade experience and when you have four, five, six, ten machines, right? You have an at-home arcade, and that's the whole thing we were trying to accomplish: is giving you that arcade experience in the comfort of your own home at an affordable price tag. Because, uh, like, you, like you're insinuating, it is harder to find it out in the real world these days, as far as an arcade experience like the one many people had so many years ago that they tell their kids about. I've told my kids about the arcade experience and what it was like going to the mall and whatnot. It's very hard to have that anymore in our world that we live in now. So, arcade one up. When you see these home arcades, like you're talking about it recreates some of that in their own home. Yeah, the nostalgia, it just brings you back. Like, you remember where you were the first time you played it, what, what song was playing, you know, what game you were playing. We have people who go to our Pac-Man machine for the first time in 20 years, and they just know the patterns, right? Like, they just remember. It's like your favorite song from the 80s, or your favorite movie, it's timeless, really. I think the, the nerve we hit was that we fit into that category of timeless nostalgia where if you have the right product and the quality's there, it will transcend through time and you won't lose anything. I'll tell you what, it is so tremendous to see you here once again. I wish you and the company continued success. Uh, I want to go ahead and reach out to you guys even more to get updates on what you guys have planned, not only for now, but in the future, the holidays and whatnot, because it's always good to stay up to beat uh, what's going on with Arcade 1UP. Your fan base is growing by leaps and bounds, and I'll tell you what, it's just so impressive to see what's become of your company at this point in time, and I, I wish your company, again, continued success moving forward. Thank you so much, Gerald. I really appreciate it. I do want to sign off with one thing, if you don't mind. Oh, of course. Uh, just for more information on Arcade1Up, please visit Arcade1Up.com. Oh, absolutely. I'm just as I was going to say, like you said, for pre-ordering the machines that are exclusive, but also as well to find out exactly every title that you have in your current lineup. Like you said, arcade1up.com is the place to go. It's just been such a great pleasure talking to you, and 
And uh, again, I just wish you all the success in the future going forward with Arcade 1-Up. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. I want to thank David McIntosh for taking some time to speak to me today about all the great things coming up at Arcade 1-Up. So before we talk to Jean Wuxin of a new entry into the home arcade marketplace, and that is Arcade with two eyes in front of it. I want to ask you this, my friend. 1917, expected to go ahead and do very well at the box office in its first weekend in full release. It won the Golden Globes for Best Drama. What are your thoughts on 1917 and how well it could be? Will it get that Golden Globes and possibly even Oscar buzz boost? It already got the Golden Globes, right? It won Sam Mendes once on the other night. Yeah. I I hope so. Honestly, of all the Golden Globe films, actually, it's one of the few I actually want to watch. You know, I did see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that was cool. But, um, yeah, I I just – this is something I want to see. I know my dad wants to see it. My brother wants to see it. So we might all go watch it. But I love war films, and it's just – it's something that you don't get a lot of, especially World War I. Like, they don't make – films like that or at least not anymore it seems like so yes i'm i'm incredibly excited about it and i would hope especially with the editing style that it is something that would pique people's interest and you know from what i understand like these two kids that are in this movie they're relatively new to hollywood and just from all the buzz that the film's getting so far it sounds like it's fantastic it does really look like it's going to do well at the box office it's going to get that nice golden globe bump and you know what? If it's around long enough, which it should be for when the Oscars come out, and if it does get the best picture at the Oscars, it's probably going to get a bump then too just shortly thereafter. It's projected to do right around $30 million this weekend at the box office domestically, and it's probably going to upend Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker as that movie continues its decline, although by the end of the weekend, it will probably hit $1 billion worldwide at the box office, so don't feel sorry for Star Wars. Overall, it's going to be a decent weekend at the box office. I just want to ask you this before we head on out. When it comes to 1917, do you think this is going to be a trend that we're going to go back into World War One instead of romanticizing always about what happened in World War Two? From a Hollywood standpoint, I should say. I feel like World War One is kind of an untapped... Not that it should be exploited, but it's kind of an untapped storytelling avenue for Hollywood. We've seen a lot of World War II films, Saving Private Ryan, or even shows, you know, Band of Brothers of Pacific, but we haven't seen a lot of World War I films. And if we see it, Peter Jackson's documentary taught us anything with uh, they, they Shall Not Grow Old. Like, this is a very, very tragic time. Like, it was one of the most bloodiest periods for England. So, I mean, it would make sense that, that people would be interested in diving into that. Like, what are their stories? It seems like there's a lot of stories people could tell in history that could be, you know, revealed to people, maybe reinvigorate an interest in that genre of film. Let's hope that's the case and it'll lead to a lot of more interesting stories for that time period. It'd be great to see. I'm hoping for success for it as well, because it looks like it's going to be a quality picture that with the right amount of buzz could do very well at the box office, not only this weekend, but if it garners even more Oscar glory, maybe at some point in time in the spring here, it can get a nice bump then as well. What are your thoughts out there on 1917? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Coming up next, it's our interview from CES 2020 with the folks at Arcade. That's I-I-R-C-A-D-E. 
and what's different about this entry into the home arcade marketplace. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis and we're back again once again at ces 2020 it's the pop culture cosmos it's gerald coming right back at you here we're now at the arcade booth started with a big r right now here with sean uh, he's going to tell us some great things about what's going on with the brand new system just announced at ces 2020 the arcade system i guess what i can say is there's a lot of competition out there in the home arcade space already. There are big names that I'm sure you're already very well aware of, but coming here and seeing what you've got here today lined up for consumers out there, tell me a little bit more about what arcade has to offer that might be a different experience from what they're expecting from a home arcade system. Sure, absolutely. So, quite honestly, from a competitive perspective, I'm not too worried because we did not develop this unit for, for competitors. We developed this for you, the gamers, right? Now what I want to be able to do is to make sure that we deliver the exact experience that all our gamers that, uh, that we love are, are, are expecting for us to have. And we believe we built exactly that, right? So there were several concerns that all the gamers have from a solution perspective. Number one, we want to get a lot of games, but either if you want to get a lot of games, you have to buy a lot of cabinets. I don't have the space in the house, so I don't have the money. So, so, and number two, quality. We want to make sure that quality is there. And we want to make sure that all my favorite game is there. This, this is where we've been trying to uh, make uh, focus our attention on. So if you look at our unit, number one, this is one unit that's going to have all your arcade games that, that's going to be inside it, right? So another, what we say is your entire arcade right in one, inside one machine, right? You are, you have an, we have an uh, app store that you're able to utilize to download all your favorite games onto the system, right? Okay. Then in, and the device itself is able to hold a lot of games. Because you're, are you storing it on a cloud or is it a hard drive based system? It's hard drive based system. Uh, it's more memory based system. And we want to make sure, we don't, we don't believe in uh, you paying money and at the end of the day you don't have ownership for it. I, I, I hate that myself, I'm a gamer, I hate that. So what we do is, what, everything that you purchase, you own. So you'll be able to download. Later on if you want to remove it, that's fine, you can remove and then redown later on as well. It's all up to you. And you'll see the menu if you have a smartphone, you can actually scroll through it to purchase the games you want that will eventually download into your arcade system. Is that correct? That's exactly what it is. I'm gonna show you the, so that's how it looks like. Okay. You have games, it's gonna be very easy to use. So you click a button and it'll download automatically to your device and install it for you so that when you get home, it's ready for you to play. Okay. We want you to have the fast, quick, and fun experience like how arcade experience should be, and that's exactly what we designed around. And obviously with the fact that you can go ahead and download so many games to actually one system is, like you said, very convenient for a lot of consumers out there. I know you have big plans for the arcade system. Can you uh, give us an idea of, of exactly how you're going to roll this out to either retailers or through your website or how people can get more information on what's going on with the arcade system? Sure. So we're having a lot of conversations right now. We'll be announcing more in the very near future. 
uh, we'll be posting up those on our website. So okay. if you come in, if you can sign up there as well, then we'll be sending out all the information. But Arcade is coming very, very soon. Okay. Yeah. One thing that I want to mention real quickly is that, if it's okay. Of course. Oh, thank you. We paid a lot, a huge attention to quality in the experience. So if you, you, you've had a chance oh, to look yeah. at our unit. Absolutely. The, the cabin is extremely solid. I've had it fall down, I pushed it down to test five times and it didn't break. Okay. So very solid. You, you heard the sound. Yes. We have extremely powerful sound, the stereo, heavy bass, and, and we put a lot of focus on the sound and, and the display as well. As you can see. Very similar to what you would experience with a, with a full-size arcade unit. Yes. And uh, also current uh, uh, console quality level as well. So if you look at our, our displays here, we, we focus a lot on to make sure that the graphics are great. So 1080p running at 60 frames per second, for example, we're able to run uh, not only Unity, but also Unreal 4 engine games very smoothly. Uh, we've tried that, we tested that, and it works really smoothly. Those game developers were very surprised as well. And actually, uh, because our system is very custom made and optimized for gameplay experiences, if you run the same game on my phone, expensive phone, it's not gonna run. But if you run it on our device, because it, the device itself is really focused on game experience, our custom hardware, our custom operating system, custom software, the game will run really well. Even though it's not running on my phone, it will run really well here. Well, and I see the system as far as displayed in two different formats, in both a barcade version that sits on the tabletop, and also essentially the same unit that sits on, let's say, for instance, a stand or, or whatever you want to, go, want to call it, but that the stand is large enough to almost make it a full-size cabinet in and of itself. Yes, we did that. So what we pay attention to is that this is going to your home. If it's going to your home, uh, of course, some people have really big homes, but for like me, I don't have a big home. And I need to be able to justify the size and to make sure that it fits in, into the house, along with my house's decor, etc., etc. So what the experience that we want to deliver is that something that is slim, so that you can put it in the house. But if you, if you in front of the device, you're playing a game, you don't notice that it's slim. It's completely full-size experience. Uh, I've had really big people, two big people play together at the same time. Uh, no, comf no, no problem there whatsoever. They're very comfortable. So we focus a lot on creating this experience for the homes. So there's no difference in quality or performance or a selection of games or a capacity of games if you go from a barcade tabletop standpoint to a more like a home arcade experience. Absolutely, no performance whatsoever. The device is convertible because we want this device to be able to fit everywhere. So let's say you're, you're going to, uh, you want to put this in your man cave, full size. If you want to put this into a small room on top of your desk, you can take it out and use the bar top form factor to do that. You can bring it to your dorm and you have the bar top form factor, etc. Oh, that's awesome, Nate. In fact, it's a great looking system. I'm very impressed with what you got offered today, especially the features and, and the availability of the games that you can go ahead and put onto the machine as per whatever the player chooses. The time frame for you to release these to the public, you know, do you have any ideas as far as how soon it could come into people's homes? We're very close, very close. You should be hearing more information in, in a few months. We are targeting sometime in the first half of this year. So you'll be hearing a lot more information about that soon. If they want to find out more about Arcade, 
they can just go to one of the Facebook groups, Instagram, or Twitter. I know you've got groups in every one of those social media outlets. Yes, we do. Uh, our homepage should be a good start. There we have all the links embedded. So that, that's two eyes and then R-C-A-D-E, correct? Yes, I-I-R-C-A-D-E.com. Then we have a link to our Facebook page. We have our link to our Instagram, Twitter. We also have a link to our fan page as well. Okay, fair enough indeed. As someone who does have already a home arcade, and this might be an option out there for not only myself, but so many others wanting to recreate the arcade experience in their own home, no matter what size their home is. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, well, that's awesome. Well, Zhang Wuxin, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me at CES 2020. Like you said, it's so busy, especially right now, early on in CES. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Same here as well. Thank you so much. And I want to make sure that uh, through you, our uh, beloved gamers and our potential customers, they're able to see and feel what you're feeling so that we can deliver this experience to our gamers and so that they can experience it through you as well. Absolutely. Well, I truly appreciate that opportunity as well. Thank you so much and appreciate again being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back to close out the show's the PCC Multiverse. I want to thank so much the folks from Arcade, that's I-I-R-C-A-D-E, David and the great folks at Arcade 1UP, also the great support I got at my arcade. If you have any questions about what went on at CES, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or if you can, leave us that five-star review on iTunes. We truly appreciate it. It helps us get more visibility out there for pop culture fans like you out there listening to the show, so we truly appreciate any five-star reviews that we get. Before we head on out, my friend, did you catch the Birds of Prey 2 trailer? Seemed to be the end of Joker, or was it? I don't think so. I think that Jared Leto's Joker will be back in some form. It just depends on when the time's right to do that, you know, especially with Joaquin getting all the buzz he's getting right now. Really enjoyed the trailer. Black Canary's in there and Huntress is in there. They wouldn't get a, a big screen appearance, you know, in any other way. So I love that this is happening. I'm truly excited about this film. Like this looks like the the Suicide Squad that I wanted to see in the first place. It does look promising. I like the fact that they teased the possible death of the Joker at the hands of Harley Quinn in the way that they broke up as a relationship. My gosh, that's a brutal way to break up, but that's a different matter. But yes, since Joker was not actually on screen, I don't think that Jared Leto's Joker, or the Joker in this case, so whoever may play it down the road if Jared Leto doesn't, that would be too much to risk right there. I don't see that happening. But overall, the trailer was good. I am actually excited for Ian McGregor as Black Mask. I really want to go ahead and see what he has to offer. What are your thoughts out there on the latest trailer for Birds of Prey? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of it and all the great people from CES that were part of it as well. Tune in next week. We've got a lot of great things to cover when it comes to the world of pop culture. You and I said we would go ahead and finish off the decade with our movies of the decade next week. Plus, with Arcade 1UP, we covered their end of the story when it comes to pinball. On Monday's episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, we're going to cover even more when it comes to pinball with not one, 
not two, but three companies out there vying for the title of Pinball King as well, with Stern, Toy Shock, and Ace Computers on the way for Monday's episode. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, I mean, I'm excited to hear all your CES interviews. I haven't really gotten a chance to kind of tune in and see what's coming out this year. So I'm excited to hear more about that. And uh, I'd love to just chat with you about on one of the upcoming episodes. I got close to 20 interviews. So I'm looking forward to go ahead and playing them on our upcoming shows on the Pop Culture Cosmos on Mondays and the PCC Multiverse on Fridays coming up this month. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.